Hi, welcome to a new episode. We are a group of friends passionate about motorsport. My name is Anna. I'm Fede. And this is F1 Vitamin. And it's lights out and away we go. Hey, I'm Jamie Price and I'm a Formula One photographer and this is F1 Vitamin Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of the F1 Vitamin Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. Hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here today, Jamie. So the first question would be to begin. Um, can you tell us a little bit about you? Where did you study? How did you end up working in Formula One? Um, I am 35 years old and I have always loved Formula One. I've been a fan for most of my life. Um, it's just, I've always been very passionate about cars, but when I discovered Formula One on the old satellite TV, I think it was in 1998, um, which feels like a long time ago, but I just thought it was the coolest sport to, to see and visually it's just It's very colorful. There's just a lot going on. Um, and even on the TV, you can see how much energy the sport has and how much action it has. And the noise, even from the TV, was just incredible. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before or heard before. And I fell in love with it. And I somehow along the line ended up becoming a photographer. Um, I always loved photography as well. And just sort of slowly over the years kind of developed my craft with doing other sports, a lot of swimming and horse racing. And then somewhere in that I took a uh, course with a couple different like of photographers that were in Colorado Springs actually. And from that I learned a little bit more about how the world of photography works with sports photography. Um, And I kind of met a few people along the way and they introduced me to some more people. And I think it was 2012, in uh, February 2012, I went to Barcelona, Spain for my first Formula One test with credentials um, to cover the preseason test there. And then covered my first F1 Grand Prix in November that year at the Circuit of the Americas, the first year they had it at the Circuit of the Americas. I've, I've been to that race since 2012. I think I missed... 2019 and obviously they didn't run in 2020 um but the race atmosphere last year in 2021 and i don't know if it was because of drive to survive or just f1's just growth but i've never seen so many fans i've never seen so many fans of different ages and backgrounds um ethnicities it was so cool to see formula one grow and with It being the American venue, I think it's been really special because I've always been a Formula One fan and I've always been trying to tell people how amazing it is and what a cool sport it is. And now people are like, oh yeah, Formula One, that's cool. So it's been fun to see that uh, not just be something that I enjoy, but other people, so many other people now enjoy too. Okay, so talking about that, what's the thing you enjoy the most about being a racing photographer? Um... I, so it's, it's kind of twofold because, because I'm still a fan at heart, it's not just me being, you know, a photographer and I just put my blinkers on and you go to work and you just cover it like any event. 
because I'm still a fan and I'm still passionate about the sport and I'm still passionate about motorsport in general, um, the access that we have to the drivers, to the cars is just, you know, sometimes it's still kind of a pinch me, you know, moment. You kind of look around and you think, well, how did I get here? Like, how am I on the grid right now? Or how am I standing outside the garage? And um, Lewis Hamilton like walks in in the morning and kind of waves at you and says good morning to the photographers that are standing around. Um, so the access that we get as photographers is pretty, pretty special because we're there to cover the event. So we have to have that access. We have to have more than what fans or even VIPs can ever, can ever have. Like you can't ever buy a ticket that allows you to go on pit lane during a session. Like the only people that will ever do that is TV crews and cameras um, and photographers. So we get access that nobody can buy. You have to earn it. You have to need to be there. But just looking around and seeing how many, how many fans are enjoying the race and, and venue. I've been to Mexico City for the race a couple times. And, you know, I felt that way every single time I went. And you look around and there's 90,000 people, you know, just for practice one. And it's so cool. And that was before, like, the Netflix boom, too. It was, you, you look around and you just think, like, I, I love this because we're all here because we love Formula One. So I still get that, that hair raising, like tingle feeling um, just from being excited to being at a race and, but having that access to the cars and, you know, when they fire up the engine next to you, uh, it's still pretty cool. It must be like a dream come true. I don't even know how much the distance is, like from the grandstands to the cars and it's impressive. And yeah. you being there, like, right next to the car right next to the drivers it must be wow yeah it's it's still um because because you still have that feeling of being a 12 year old kid watching formula one sometimes where you know i grew up watching schumacher and uh mark weber and even sebastian Vettel in his early days uh now he's kind of i mean he's my age but he kind of acts like an old man in some ways um It's funny just because I'm watching and I'm sh photographing the guys that I was watching on TV when I was a kid. And even, you know, Lewis Hamilton too. Like, it's just, it's still pretty crazy when they do practice starts like right next to you and you feel the car. Um, and then, you know, places like Monaco or Singapore, when the car goes past you inches away from where you're standing, it's, it's pretty wild. And how do you manage to like organize if on these Uh, for example, in France, you're going to be on Friday, you're going to be next to the pit lane, and then on Saturday, you're going to, or how do you organize to, to change your spot, or they tell you where to go, or how do you, how do you do it? It depends on the weekend and how busy the clients that we're shooting for need us to be. Um, there are some weekends that are really busy, busier than others. For any race, it doesn't really matter which race it is, the weather really dictates a, the biggest part of where you go and why. So the weather and the time of day. So as photographers, we're constantly moving and deciding where we go based on how the sun is moving across the, across the sky. Um, if it's a nasty cloudy day where there's no sun, it doesn't really matter where you go. It's, it's all going to look kind of the same flat, even light. But if you go somewhere and shoot at, Um, they used to do practices at 10 a.m. They don't really do 10 a.m. practices anymore. It's more like mid-afternoon and then a little bit later afternoon. But the 10 a.m. practice sessions used to be really important because 10 a.m. was still like early enough in the day in some places where the sun 
was really nice and you'd get like nice backlit um you know more golden hour type stuff even though 10 a.m isn't really golden hour you could still get some nice pictures out of that and then the second practice was you know more middle of the day the sun is directly overhead and it's all really harsh and gross and that's kind of when you'd end up in the pit lane um they don't allow us on pit lane for qualifying so you generally try and go somewhere that's close enough to where the drivers are going to stop um, for park for may where they're going to get out of the cars and do the the, the grid um, the pulse celebration so it really depends on light and weather um, but also which session you're covering some of the sessions they don't that they don't spend that much time actually in the garage like as i've discovered recently just because of the way they've shortened the sessions free practice three they don't really spend any time in the garage they get in the cars and they go out um, and they don't really come back in so if you're choosing to be on pit lane for free practice three you're going to get great stuff of the drivers getting in the cars but then you won't necessarily see the cars again uh, until the end of the session so it you don't end up coming back to the media center at the end of the day with as many pictures just because you've wasted a session and you don't really see anything um, so it there's a lot of different variables to it and it changes from track to track you know, in Monaco, you don't want to spend any time in the pit lane because the pit lane isn't the most exciting part of Monaco. You want to be out trackside with all the boats and the yachts and the harbor and the proximity to the cars. Um, there's just so many iconic places to go and shoot that you don't want to be in pit lane. But then the teams need, they still need pit lane stuff. So when you work as part of an agency or a group of photographers, uh, one of us will end up in the pit lane just covering the needs of the teams and clients that we have, just generally needing to, to cover that stuff. Even though it's not where you want to be, you still have to do it. What would you say it's your favorite track to take pictures? Um, I, think, I think a lot of fans would be disappointed to hear this, but all the photographers love Monaco because it's so amazing that the track is just incredible. Seeing the cars that close to the walls where they're just inches away. They're like, they're right on top of you. You can do so many different kinds of pictures. Um, it's just a really special place to work. Nobody really likes going to places like Silverstone or some of the bigger tracks that just don't have that you're just so far away from the cars. Um, I love, I do love Mexico City as a track. It's a lot of fun to to photograph and not just because of the track is is cool but the fans make it cool you can do a lot with the fans um yeah but mexico city is a lot of fun i love i love street circuits like any of the street circuits singapore is incredible um some of the other series that i cover like any street circuit is just a lot of fun because the cars are on top of you and you can do a wide wide angle lens where it shows the whole scene and not just you know using your telephoto where the car is really far away and you're trying to fill the frame, um, you can do like, it almost it looks more like a landscape photo, if that makes sense. You mentioned that Monaco is more track side, so you are very close to the track. So have you ever felt scared for being so close to the cars? Um, the answer is no, but you definitely are aware. Like there's a couple, there's a couple of places in Monaco where the cars are coming at you, like directly at you. And you can see the driver like fighting the wheel a little bit. And if they have one wrong, you know, move or the car doesn't react the way that they think they, it will, 
you are very aware that the car is going to end up right where you're standing and at 140 miles an hour and nothing good happens at 140 miles an hour even if it's 100 miles an hour it's still going to sound it's going to feel like a bomb went off next to you so um the answer is no but i try not to think about it but at the same time you are aware you are aware of that and you do have to have an escape plan so you kind of always have like one especially in places like monaco much less so in places like Circuit of the Americas or Mexico or Silverstone, like there are tracks where and places you go, even in places like Canada, um, Canada is a fairly, it's like almost feels like a street circuit. And there are places you, you stand at, you know, some of these tracks where you're, you're almost like halfway ready to run if you need to. Um, you kind of position your legs in a way that if you have to move quickly, you can move quickly. But then there's places like some of the bigger tracks where you don't even ha you don't have to worry about that because you're going to see the car coming for miles like the crash that happened at Silverstone you know Joe was on on his roof for like 15 seconds or something like that like all the photographers a bunch of people got really amazing pictures I wasn't in Silverstone but a bunch of people got really amazing pictures the car just coming at them and they had time to like take pictures of the car on its roof you know upside down sparks going everywhere and then they could run because it took so long to get to them um so you 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 just kind of change your mental your mental attitude just based on on what track you're at and what corner you're at too some of the corners are so safe they're so slow you know if anybody ends up in a wall next to you it's going to be it's going to be pretty slow and you you know i've had cars spin and end up you know kind of touching um the safer barrier next to me and you're you don't even move like you don't even you don't even flinch and then there's other tracks where you're standing there and you're like if something happens here i need to run as fast as i can and or or just or just duck like just just jump on the ground and you know just hope for the best yeah so you need to practice your escape exactly or at least have it in the back of your head what you're going to do if you have to yes it, it must be scary though I mean, you're definitely, you definitely know what to do because you've had, you've had that experience for a lot of years in races, but it, it must be scary. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really an experience thing. Um, it's hard when you have photographers that aren't as experienced because sometimes they put themselves in places where they just don't know any better or they don't know what they would do if they if they did have to run um but i've been doing this for such a long time just not just with formula one but other series too so you you really do get a sense just using your eyes because you're looking through the camera and it's like looking at through binoculars essentially so you're looking through the camera lens and you can see how the car is acting like you can see when the car starts to get out of shape or they go through a corner in a way that they no other car has and you can see what's going to happen you can you can almost like i can tell the driver like this isn't what this isn't the right spot to be doing this dude i don't know what you're thinking here but there's some of the drivers that i um i talked to and other some of the, like the indie car series like i don't know i don't know the f1 drivers like personally personally we're not like friends um, but some of the some of the other drivers in other series were friends and i can see how the car is acting through the corners or at certain points of the race. And I can talk to my driver friends and, and say like, it looks like you were having a lot of understeer or oversteer through this corner. 
um, why were you taking this particular line at this time? And they, and they are like usually very impressed. They're like, I'm surprised you, ref you could see that. It's like, well, yeah, but I'm looking through my lens the entire, the entire day. And I do this all day, every day, every weekend. So I know what a car looks like when it looks like it's out of, sh out of shape. Um, and so you do, it's an experience thing where if I see something coming through a corner that doesn't look right, you're, you kind of start thinking like, okay, now what? And it all happens really quickly. Uh, but it's, it just, you get that experience over many years of doing this and it doesn't happen just from one race weekend or five race weekends or 10 race weekends. It happens over hundreds of race weekends. Every single weekend you're out there taking pictures of cars and cars all more or less act the same way. Um, you know, just sometimes just higher rates of speed, but it all kind of ends up being the same. Yes, you can joke with your friends like, man, you are doing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. There, so there was a, I just recently photographed a six hour race and I won't say his name, but um, one of my friends had a penalty for track limits. And I saw him after he got out of the car for his stint. So his teammate got in the car and I saw him, you know, getting, putting his helmet back in the bag. And I kind of walked up to him and I was like, track limits dude you can't do that and i just i was just giving him just giving him a little grief about it but uh yeah he 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 kind of laughed and he was like i mean i'm trying to go as fast as i can i was like yeah but you got penalized for it <laughs> so yeah you, you get you get to know the drivers and you get to you kind of poke fun at them and and just have fun on average how many pictures do you take on one day of racing um Again, it kind of comes down to the track. So some tracks are better than others for photography. You, you can come back from, you know, uh, a session or a day uh, of practice with, you know, six to 8,000 pictures because there's so many places to go at that track. You can shoot so many different ways at that track. So, you know, you go to one corner and you can get, 10 different pictures out of that one corner and then you can go you know like like monaco again it's a short walk to almost anywhere um it's still hard to get around and you walk a lot but you can get from one corner to another very quickly so i can get a lot of different types of pictures from one practice session and then when you have two practice sessions and on one day like a friday is is really busy um you to be honest, race day is the easiest day because there's only one race. You're only kind of covering the driver's parade and maybe some of the stuff that's happening in the paddock. The drivers come in very late in the morning. They're usually not there until like, you know, 10 or 11 a.m., whereas other days they're in at 8 or 9 a.m. So it's just a much shorter day. So race days, you're only taking like maybe 2,000, 3,000 pictures. Um, but it's, it sounds like a lot, but it's really not a lot when you when you think about, you know, grid, the driver's parade and all that um, race action and then podium um, and then any like celebrations that happen afterward. It's it's not actually that much photography from a from a day like a wedding photographer would probably take an equal amount of pictures. Um, but then practice days when the light is amazing. Or if it's raining too, rain is also great for pictures. So you take a lot of pictures in the rain. Um, but if the light is amazing and you're at an amazing track, you're going to take a lot of pictures. 
But then some of the other events that I do, like the 24 hours of Le Mans or 24 hours of Daytona, where you're literally taking pictures for not just 24 hour race, because that's just green flag to checkered flag. You also have all the stuff at the beginning of the day and then at the end of the day. And I've taken as many as like 20,000, 25,000 pictures over the course of essentially two days of work. So you start on Saturday morning and you're not done again until Sunday night. So over like a 38 hour day, you're, you know, you take 20,000 pictures. Um, it's, it's a lot. It, it ends up adding up very quickly. And, th and that's why endurance racing is just an F1, like F1 weekends for me feel very easy because the days are short. You go into the track at 10 a.m. Uh, on race day, and then you're out of there by like 6 p.m., 7 p.m. at the latest. That's a short day. Like it's not that long. Whereas then, you know, you compare it to even a six-hour race that we photographed uh, recently for the IMSA WeatherTech series in New York. A six-hour race, you know, that's a six-hour day plus there, the support series stuff at the beginning of the day. Um, you know, it's like a 12-hour day just for a six-hour race. And then you do a 12-hour race and it's a 20-hour day-ish. And you do a 24-hour day or a 24-hour race and it's a 40-hour day. So, it kind of exponentially multiplies based on how long the race is uh, that ends up being your, your actual work day. It's always interesting because it depends on the cars, the drivers, the weather, the track, how, how you organize your weekend and how many pictures you take, where are you, where's your spot. So it's, it's, it must be always interesting, right? Yeah. It never, it's, it's really like, one of the parts of my job because it could be very repetitive if you allowed it to be um you know a lot of I, I get a lot of comments on tiktok especially like this looks boring like why would you want to do why would you want to take pictures of cars going around for 24 hours and they just go and they go and they go but it's so it's it's anything but boring because something is always changing even if it's year to year you go to the same track with the same series the weather is going to be different. The drivers are going to be different. The cars are going to be different. Um, you know, it's never the same twice. If you could, I could go to the same corner a hundred times and there will always be something that will be different. How can someone say it's boring? It's, it's literally my, my dream job. <laughs> the thing I've discovered is that everybody has a different opinion and everybody has an opinion about something and stuff that makes us as racing fans you know excited other people just don't see it they don't get it so i was thinking we saw a tiktok of i think it was sudden that he was saying that some drivers are easier or harder to photograph like for example Mick Schumacher, who's like normally wearing a face mask and it's harder to 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 photograph what's your experience do you have a favorite driver to photograph or your favorite kind of pictures or how how's your yeah, it's, it's, um, so the drivers are, I, I feel for them because they're very, they're, they're always in the media attention. Um, but that's part of their job. Like their job isn't just to sit in the car and drive it with a helmet on. They're, they're wearing sponsor gear. They're in the paddock. They're, they're needing to be photographed for various reasons by their teams, by the other photographers that need content um for whatever need it is 
there are some drivers that are much easier to work around than others. Um, I have tremendous respect for Lewis Hamilton. He's one of the best drivers in the world. He is one of the best Formula One drivers in history. He hasn't ever driven anything other than single-seater open-wheel cars, so I'm not even going to say he's the best driver in the world because until you try and compete against other drivers in other disciplines, I'm not going to give you that. But he's the best Formula One driver ever, but he does make it very difficult to to photograph him he does you know make it hard where he'll cover his face um he used to walk in in the mornings with a hoodie so he would make he would do it on purpose to to keep us from taking his picture um but then other drivers like sebastian vettel they walk in and and it's none of that drama or any anything like he's not hiding his face uh danny rick is is great as well um but Mick Schumacher and Lewis actually both are, especially during COVID times, for whatever reason, you know, both of them have been very, very, very diligent about wearing masks at a lot of the races. Um, Lewis kind of seems to go like back and forth where some races like in Miami, he was wearing a mask almost the entire weekend, except when he was in the media pen and he was quite far removed from the actual like TV journalists that were interviewing him. But then Mick Schumacher is wearing a mask almost the entire time every weekend. Um, so, you know, part of the job is to take pictures of the drivers in the paddock, like in the environment of whatever race paddock we are in. And some of the paddocks have a lot of atmosphere. Like Miami was incredible. It, it felt like a very different paddock to some of the other places we go where it's just kind of a stale, boring version of what any other paddock that we visit. They just, they, some of them just feel the same, but Miami felt very different. There's palm trees and there's like greenery on the sides of the, the walls and things. And it felt very different. So you're trying to get, you're trying to capture all of that. You're trying to get, you know, nice candid pictures of the drivers, because again, it's not just about them wheeling a car at 170 miles an hour at five G's around a corner. That's just like, I don't know, like, 30% of what a Formula One photographer's job is. There's like so many other layers of what we have to do. And one of the big parts of what we have to do is capture candid pictures of the drivers, you know, just around the paddock. And so the harder they make it, the harder you have to work to get those pictures that you need and that they are kind of sponsor, sponsor wise obligated to, to be available for. Um, you know, when they're wearing like their team kit, like there's sponsors all up and down, you know, on the shoulders and on the, it's, it's just, it's everywhere. And so it's part of their job to be available and be seen um, on a race weekend. And I know a lot of fans, like when I've said that, they just don't, they don't agree with that or they don't see it, but sponsors are what drive this sport and keep these guys employed and paid. So that's just part of like the, the cog of how formula one works as a business and how these drivers are able to even be in a position to drive formula one cars. It's all about sponsors and ultimately sponsors are all about eyes and it's not just on sponsors on the car. It's sponsors on their t-shirts and sponsors on their sunglasses and sponsors on their hats and all that stuff that you have to take into account. So when they do make it hard to, to take nice pictures of them, it is frustrating. Um, but most of the drivers are great. Like, it's it's really it's really only a select few of them that make it harder than necessary to to just work. Um, I've always found Max Verstappen to be very easy to to photograph. He doesn't really ever have his phone out. 
Um, he's very, like he smiles a lot. I mean, obviously Danny Rick, even when, even when the car is horrible, like a journalist will ask him a question. He's, he's like full, like smiles and everything. Um, and he's just, you could point, you could point a lens at him for 20 seconds and get all the pictures you need. You get smiling Danny, you get serious Danny, you get, um, you know, pensive Danny. And, you know, you, you compare him to somebody like Lewis, where the whole time it's kind of like deadpan where unless he's in a really good mood or it's been a really good day, like you're not going to get a lot of emotion out of him. So you end up having to kind of stay there looking at waiting for that right picture for longer than you do with Vettel, who's smiles a lot. Kevin Magnuson smiles a lot. Um, Mick Schumacher smiles a lot. Um, so, you know, we, ultimately, like we all want these these guys to look like the superheroes they are. We don't, I don't want to make anybody look bad. I want, I want everybody to look, I don't want to take bad pictures. That's not what I'm out here to do. So I want to take nice, powerful portraits of, of these drivers because they're my heroes. They're heroes for millions and millions and millions of people. I'm not, nobody's out here to make anybody look bad. So we just want to make pretty pictures of these guys. And when they make it harder, then you have to kind of stand there longer and just, you're really just inconveniencing them for, more time is what it comes down to yeah i think it's if you think about it without all the context that you just said like yeah some maybe lewis was having a bad day or maybe he was whatever and you can and you can be like in his side but if you see the whole picture it's your job and what did you say like sponsors are everything so yeah. if sponsor needs a picture to post it to his social media yep. well I mean, maybe it's like boring for the drivers to just stand up and post but it's part of their job like you just yeah. said yeah and so and you know we're all humans and everybody has bad days at work no, nobody is excluded from that nobody um so i can totally sympathize with that but even when i have a bad day at work i still have to go to work i still have to go out there and take pictures even if i don't feel good i still have to be around i still have to engage with people i still have to do my job um so you know nobody's chasing anybody home we're not hiding in the bushes outside of anybody's house you know trying to catch them you know doing something like picking their nose or something stupid we're not we're not paparazzi but we're we're photographers at a racetrack and they're drivers at a racetrack and the common denominator is we're both professionals at work so you know there is definitely that side of it where you have to um everybody has to do their job uh, what equipment is a must having a day of taking pictures because of because of the size of the tracks you need those those big telephoto lenses that are just massive. They look like uh, we're holding a bazooka on our shoulder. And the reason we carry those around is because you have to make the really small Formula One cars, you know, if, it, if a car is 100 meters away from you, you have to make that car look bigger somehow. So you either need to get closer to it, which isn't always possible, or you have a lens that allows you to, to zoom in on parts of the car or parts of um, the track just more easily. So most, I'd say 98% of the F1 photographers and motorsport photographers in general, not even just F1, we all carry, you know, a 400 millimeter, a 500 millimeter, or a 600 millimeter, um, which are the big telephoto lenses. And then beyond that, everybody's kind of personal choice, it then becomes like, what kind of pictures do you like once you've kind of done those 
super telephoto stuff. I personally use a 70 to 200. Um, I also love using like prime lenses around the paddock and pit lane. So you get lots of depth of field and bokeh and color. Um, I love my 35 millimeter and 85 millimeter for stuff like that. But everybody shoots something different and it's based on their own personal style. It's based on their own creative decisions that they make, but also what their clients are expecting of them. So, you know, if you have clients that say we need this, you have to be able to deliver that and whatever lenses accomplish that uh, are really what you have to choose. As far as cameras go, most cameras are pretty much the same, um, especially in like above a certain price point, all the cameras are pretty much the same. They do the same things, they work the same way, they pretty much, you know, they make the same pictures just in slightly different ways. Um, so, you know, there's photographers that use Canon, there's photographers that use Nikon, there's photographers that use Sony, and everybody accomplishes their job. They have always accomplished their job, even back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, before we had digital cameras, they were able to, to cover these races with cameras that had far, far less, you know, technical ability than our cameras today do our cameras today could put you know neil armstrong on the moon with the amount of computing power that they have just to like they're, they're computers that take pictures whereas you know 30 years ago you're taking pictures on film with you know one one shutter button one shutter click per per picture um so you had a roll of film and you you know you had 36 frames on that roll of film and that's all you get until you had to load another roll of film now we have memory cards that you can shoot on one memory card for the whole day. Um, but the job, amazingly, like that's one of the fun things about Formula One and motorsport is a lot of the tracks that we go to, they've, those tracks have been used for 50, 60, 70 years, and they haven't, they've changed, but they haven't changed that much. The cars have changed, but they still go really fast. Um, in fact, sometimes in some cases, they're slower than they used to be like the 24 hours of Le Mans, cars today are like 30 to 50 miles per hour slower than they were in the, the 80s. So, you know, cars are doing, we're get, the, our cars at Le Mans are doing 210 miles an hour top speed, which is still quite fast. But in the 80s, they were doing like 250 and um, with a lot less technology to capture them. So that's one of the things I always say on social media is like the camera is not, not the the thing that decides what a what a, is a good picture or not it's you and your ability to create the picture and the lenses you choose jamie you take your pictures manual or automatic scope um a little bit of both i would say that um i try and and be in manual because you have the control over the camera but there are certain times where I'll just put it in automatic because I know that I'm going to be doing two different types of pictures at in very close proximity to each other. And so changing the settings, you know, changing the shutter speed, changing the aperture, changing the ISO all very quickly isn't always a, a possibility. Um, so generally, I would say manual, but not always. Um, and have you photographed in the past years? like moments that you consider like important um for example a driver's first win or someone's last race i mean every, every race it's important but like specific like different moments 
Yeah, there's been, I've been around for, uh, I guess it's probably three of Lewis Hamilton's world championships when I was at the race, when he, when he clinched the world championship. Um, so you, you're very aware that this is an important moment in history. Any championship is an important moment in history. Um, I was all, I was in Canada when, when Daniel Ricardo won his first race for Red Bull, um, won his first F1 race. I was in Monaco when Jules Bianchi uh, got his single point uh, for Marussia. And it was definitely like one of those moments. Like, I, I don't know why I did, because I wasn't really paying attention, but nobody photographed him going across the line, across the checkered, across the finish line that race, except me. Like the picture that is shared of him crossing the finish line is my picture. Um, and I don't know why I did it because I didn't know that I didn't know that he was it's very hard to follow the races when you're actually at the race. If you can't see a TV screen, you have no idea. Like you kind of know who's first and second, but it's very hard to know who's behind that. So for whatever reason, like I just took a picture of the car crossing the line and I was like, oh, it's Jules. And then then when when we got back to the media center, I sent it to our clients and they're like, oh, you got that? And I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> Um, but it's stuff like that. It's moments like that where it does end up being very important. It's an important moment in history for the team, for him. Um, you know, those are the kind of things that really stick out to you. Like Checo's first win. Um, I've, I was there for not, I wasn't his first win, but first Monaco win was very special this year. Um, I was also like, I was very fortunate to be in at the races for three of his previous podiums with, um, Force India and then Racing Point. So when he ended up, when he ended up on the podium in a car that shouldn't ever have been on the podium, you know that those are really special moments. And you know, there's I think there was I think it was Monaco when Checo was third um, in the Force India, and his dad, like I just over the years of working with Checo, and because um, the agency that I work for, we used to do the photography for. Uh, for Force India and so I got to know Checo a little bit and just because I was around Checo a lot I got to know his dad a little bit because his dad is always at the races and his dad is like the most jovial fun person he's such a character and he was sitting next to me in Monaco like just just crying like just weeping tears and um you you kind of like look at this father-son moment that's happening and you know you you know it's really special and you know, there's some races where you know it's not special. Like nothing special has happened. Nobody cares that they won. Like Max Verstappen gets out of the car and he's he like doesn't really celebrate. And um, you know, it's just not a great race. But then there's other races where it just is very clear that that this has been a a historic race, a race that will go down in the record books or something that people will talk about for a very long time. Out of all the categories you have photographed. Which is your favorite and why? It's really, it's really special. I love sports car racing. The access to the drivers is really amazing. But then you compare it to like in the IndyCar and Formula One, where it's you know top level single seat, um, you know open cockpit more or less. You you feel the energy of those races much much more than you do, for example, like even Daytona 24 hour, which is one of the most important races in the world. It just doesn't carry the same kind of energy that some of the bigger F1 races do. But then some, sometimes, you know, like other races just feel more important than 
you know, some of the F1 races that I've covered. And it really just depends on, uh, it just depends on how, um, what race it is and who's kind of how the championship is unfolding. Like that's kind of a sad part of formula one is, is it's really based on more or less the championship and where the championship is kind of falling. If it's not really a close championship and there's only like one or two guys that are going to end up winning the race, it just doesn't have that energy. Whereas, you know, at the end of, uh, the Daytona 24 hour this year, we had the two factory Porsches like literally banging wheels on the last lap of the race after 24 hours of racing. And you know that they're fighting, those two guys are fighting for everything that they have. I mean, it's, they're putting everything on the line. Um, so if I have to answer your question, I'd say sports cars just because it's more fun to actually physically shoot the cars on track at those times of day like you will never not convince me that shooting at sunset is you know less fun than shooting a formula one race at silverstone or circuit of the americas like i will always take sunset uh over any track doesn't matter what it is so it's like the same being photography in the car or f1 or yeah yeah it's very it's all it's all very similar i kind of the analogy I always use is it's it's the same circuits with different monkeys. Um, you know, it's it's all you know it's all like paddocks are all the same. The drivers are more or less cut from the same cloth. They all kind of act the same. Um, you know, every single paddock has its own vibe and feel to it. But it's it's all just a big circus where everybody kind of knows each other and um, and the circus animals are are the drivers in the cars and it's fun though. It's it's a it's a fun atmosphere. It's a fun atmosphere to work in when you know a lot of the the mechanics and the drivers and the um the people like that that you you it's like a big family reunion when you go to different paddocks and, and you see people that you know from other series. I love it. Um our last question would be um who's your favorite driver right now in the 2022 grid? And who do you think will win the championship this year? Um, I'm going to go with the championship question first. I think, unfortunately for all of us, I think Max is just going to run away with this. I don't, I don't see anybody being able to catch him. Um, Ferrari has a really long and storied history of throwing away championships and doing very poor development on their cars. Um, and Mercedes is too far out of it at this point to be competitive. I think they'll win races by the end of the year, but I don't think they'll be anywhere in the championship. My favorite driver, I have, I have like, a couple of different favorite drivers actually like uh, for drivers on track i love max and i love lewis um you know they put you can see that they put so much aggression in their heart and soul into the car i know they all are but those two just seem to like show it a little bit more on track um but then taking pictures out of the car like i love daniel ricardo he just like i said earlier he's always smiling he's always laughing he's very easy to photograph um so I've always liked Vettel. Um, he was always super passionate about when he won. Like, you know, one thing I really don't like about Max is when he wins a race, he just doesn't care. Like he, he gets out of the car and doesn't really celebrate. He doesn't like, he'll, he does the same celebration every single time. And it's like a single fist pump. And it's not really like Lewis used to do the dab and he'd like jump up and down and um, jump on his mechanics. And Max does none of that. And Vettel was very much like 
Lewis and Alonzo was even more than all of them. At the end of the day, I want pretty pictures. I want pictures that really tell the story of the sport. Like Lewis acted like, like he won the championship every single race that he won. It didn't matter his, when he won the championship, you knew that he won the championship, but he didn't act any differently in those championship races than he did in any other race that he won. He still got out of the car and still jumped. He still like fist pumped, like, like would just leap out of the car. And it was fun to photograph that. And Max doesn't give me those vibes. So I have a lot of different favorite drivers um, for a lot of different reasons. And as I've worked around the sport more and be, and I'm still, like I said, I'm still a fan of formula one, but I care less about one team over another. When I was growing up, I was a Schumacher fan and, and I was a, a Lewis fan as well. So I don't really pull for one driver, one team. Now I just want some, I just want a good race. Um, so thank you, Jamie. That's it for today. That's all that we have for you today. Um, Love it. Thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. No, the pleasure is from us. Yes. <laughs> Muchas gracias. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope you guys keep listening to F1 Vitamins.